Hey guys, welcome to Pressing On, a podcast where we'll be looking into truths for guys as we live on this journey of life. I'm your host, Scott Lessing, men's pastor at Grace Church in Middleburg Heights, Ohio. And Pressing On is for guys who want to go deeper as we seek God, all the while finding practical insight to live differently. We will look into real life and talk through how to grow while becoming an improved version of ourselves. Well, today we're going to be talking about a topic that we're all called to, many of us desire to do, yet for many reasons we struggle to live this out. As we're always pointing each other to become a better version of ourselves tomorrow, this is going to be a great episode to do just that. And it's actually a first for us because we're on location. We are, we'll be talking about where we're at in just a minute when we introduce our- It's a big surprise. a big surprise. Big surprise. Yeah. We drove a long way. I, did you fly here, Chris, to get here? I, I took uh, the RTA. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I promise that we're this today is not going to be a guilt trip uh, just to go out there and do something. That's, that's not what we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking about getting in the room and what that means. But before we do, I'm extremely excited to introduce Jordy Vickery. Hello. Chris Meekins. Oh, yeah. That's it? That's all I got. All right. (laughs) And me, Scott Lessing. We're going to be talking through how we can reach the community in super humble and selfless ways through building relationships as we simply love others really well. In other words, we're going to be talking about how can you simply get in the room in order to reach your local community, your regional community. Uh, But we don't want to do this alone. Not today. We're going to be talking with a guy who's impacted Greater Cleveland, our, what I would say is our regional environment, uh, in ways that are really amazing. Paul has done an amazing job. He's hidden, I think. He does a lot of working behind the scenes. And Paul Honeycutt is the site coordinator for Envision Cleveland, which is a parachurch organization through our denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance. Paul, you and Lori have been married since 2003. You have two children, Riley and Hudson. Envision Cleveland believes that every person matters. By empowering neighbors, we can strengthen neighborhoods. Before we dive into what it means to get in the room, Paul, uh, and and how this impacts our local and regional communities, tell us a little bit more about yourself and Envision Cleveland. Yeah, so I grew up in North Carolina uh, in Winston-Salem. I am a Tar Heel fan. I don't pull for Duke at all. Uh, but met do, you my want, do you watch race car driving i do i do i missed the talladega race (laughs) yesterday i was pretty upset i was doing a bible study and a meal at my house i watched that movie you know with uh, talladega nights yeah that's not real (laughs) but it's a funny movie for sure uh met my wife at uh, tacoa falls college both were studying uh cross-cultural studies there with hopes of serving overseas one day uh really had a passion and a heart for burkina faso west africa working with young people Uh, using all kinds of uh, ways to engage people there through gardening, through sustainable development, and just uh, continue youth work. But uh, our journey uh, took a little bit of a turn. We had our daughter, Riley, who was born uh, 24 weeks, so really premature. Um, And we thought that was going to be the end of it. She was premature. She was growing. She was doing well. Uh, But after about two years, realized that she had cerebral palsy. And so our son was born, uh, Hudson, which has been a is kind of Riley's uh, little brother, but acted as an older brother, you know, really pushed her to develop and grow. Mm. But after a number of years realizing as we served in Wyoming 
um, that our dream and hope of going overseas was probably not going to happen because of the resources that we needed to take care of Riley and just that Burkina Faso just didn't have the medical care that really she really needed. So we find ourselves in a place of disorientation, like, okay, God, we've set our whole lives up for this. What are we going to do next? We had always been involved in youth ministry and missions coordination for churches, but an opportunity came to start an Envision site. And the location was Cleveland, Ohio. And so super pumped, like, okay, this is what you have for us, Lord. And, and what you a- had never been to Cleveland before. Uh, I had served right outside of Cleveland, about 25 minutes south uh, in Hudson, Ohio, as a youth pastor missions coordinator. Is that why you named your son Hudson? No, my son's name was uh, after Hudson Taylor, one of the famous missionaries, Hudson Taylor. <laughs> Got it. Cool. See? So, See how shallow you are, Scott? <laughs> Well, the crazy See how thing deep is, this guy is that we got here. The crazy thing is, is that he thought that the town of Hudson was named after him. <laughs> that's he was so right. little when we moved that's here. That's awesome. Hudson's cleaner, Hudson's restaurant. Uh, so it was a huge uh, joke while we lived there. But the reality was, is that uh, we were invited to come and consider being an Envision site coordinator in the city of Cleveland. Um, and it was the director that came to us and said, "This is our. Ch- this is Paul and Lori's chance to be missionaries." And for us, that came full circle because we felt like that we missed God's calling. Like, you called us to go to the farthest parts of the world in Africa, but uh, he had us in Cleveland, Ohio. And it's crazy because of my first closest friends that I ever made in Cleveland were from Burkina Faso Hmm. in Congo. So the Lord knew, like, I didn't make a mistake. Uh, Your calling was to love people. Um, And so the city of Cleveland uh, has been that place uh, that we now call home and we serve uh, those from overseas but also people right in our backyards that have been native to cleveland their whole lives so so tell us a little little bit about envision cleveland and what that is what we're doing where we're sitting right now um you can hear cars in the background and maybe the birds like what what are we doing here yeah so one of our things one of our strategies is we want to engage uh people uh, we want to educate people and we want to empower people uh, like you said before that you know empowered neighbors strengthen neighborhoods um the reality is is this city has uh well people usually know we have okay sports teams uh <laughs> that's kind of what we get in the news for it's either we're really bad or lebron came and won a championship or now the browns are doing well and the negative part is oh it's, it's a mistake on the lake it's mm-hmm. the these neighborhoods are not worth it. There's, you know, all these uh, people in the hood. There, all these kind of things. But the reality is, that there's neighborhoods full of people that maybe never had access to the gospel. And crazy enough, it's in Cleveland, Ohio. And you say, mm-hmm. well, no, they have they have access. Well, some people don't have access. You know, I've been in places in the neighborhood where they won't even take the Lord's name in vain. Uh, they won't even say Jesus Christ is a cuss word. Wow. And I'm like, I wonder why that is. Well, some people have never heard about Jesus. That's crazy. You know, I remember a young girl one time, she came up to me, and she came to one of our camps that we did. She went home and told her mom, and one of our church planters, Will Henderson, was overhearing, and she came to her mom, she goes, hey, we heard about this guy named Jesus, and he did all these things, these miracles, and she was 12 years old. Hmm. Never heard the name of Jesus. That's that's incredible. So, opportunities in Cleveland. So, we said, hey, where are some of the toughest neighborhoods we can go to? Um, And today, we're sitting in a place called Mount Pleasant, a neighborhood that has had really good things that have happened here, but in the later days have been, it's just a tough neighborhood. It's almost been forgotten by the city. And um, there are lots of things that go on here that are really tough, but there's still neighborhoods full of people that want good. They want good neighborhoods. They want hope 
um, that maybe hasn't been given to them very well. So we're sitting in a greenhouse today, and we found that. And it's hot. It's hot for and sure. It's sunshiny, bright. <laughs> it's like Florida, Chris. It's you like love Florida. Florida. <laughs> it's like Florida without yeah. the tan. Yeah, so it's also going to be the home of our new vocational center where we're going to be able to bring in the trades, construction, mechanics, uh, culinary skills, and be able to bridge the gap and give access to people that maybe haven't, haven't had a chance to do that. Yeah. And if people want to you know, look you up, envisioncleveland.org is your website, mm-hmm. and it gives us so much information, not only your mission and vision, but just what you guys are doing, who you are, where you're located. Um, but if, if we were to say your mission is to strengthen communities one neighbor at a time, your strategy is to engage, educate, empower uh, individuals to lead change in their neighborhoods. That, that could be any neighborhood really, right? Like mm-hmm. your local neighborhood. But I would say that for for our denomination, you're more of a regional neighborhood for us, a regional community that a lot of people can come and help you uh, rebuild this area. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's really seeking to transform Cleveland, not just one little small little area. It's really bigger than that, isn't it? Yeah, and that's one of the unique things about Cleveland is that, yeah, we always want people to come and join us, you know, arm in arm to do things because there's tons of needs here. But the reality is, is we hope that your experience here, whether it's a one day or a consistent coming once a month, once a week, coming for a week long trip, that that will be reproducible, that you recognize when you go home, even though your neighborhood may not be beat up like a Mount Pleasant neighborhood, there's still people that are looking for hope that you have an opportunity to learn from us in some ways, some creative, practical ways on how to love people and get in the room with people there in your neighborhood. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good stuff, man. Well, and what we're going to be talking about today is how can we reach our community, right? Mm. Either our local or our regional community. That's what our podcast is all about is making us, you know, uh, a better version of ourselves tomorrow. And, you know, Paul, you and I have known each other for a while and, and I love what you do not just here but the passion that you have and and it really inspires so many of us to say i want to do that either with you or i want to do that locally in, in my life in my in my circles of influence hmm. and um you do you've inspired me a lot over the years and so that's that's why the lord put you on our hearts to bring you in and and really we're coming to, to you we're on location like i said how can we reach the community in super humble and selfless ways through building relationships as we simply love other people really well? Like, what, what, are, what do you see in the scriptures? We, when we were preparing for this, you brought this up. What do you teach? Or maybe like, Paul did, What do you teach know. kids? What do you teach junior high kids? Yeah, high well, I, I think if you, a lot of times if you tell someone to serve Jesus or if they think I'm going to serve Jesus, they think of, I'm going to get involved at my church. I'm going to do the children's ministry. I'm going to raise my hands during worship or things like that. And those are forms of serving God. But I, I think what's interesting is there's this passage in Matthew 25 talking about kind of this final judgment moment, this cul- this culmination, right? And And Jesus says, basically, I'm going to say, to those on the right, come you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And in verse 37, Jesus says, then the righteous, they're going to answer saying, Lord, 
when did we see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and gave you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? Like I never just saw Jesus walking around, you know, needing stuff. And when, when do we see you sick or in prison? Like why were you, when were you in prison and visit you and the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And so there's a sense of those who have a need or those who are marginalized that Jesus actually identifies with and feels that as though we're serving and loving him when we love those people well. And, you know, I think a lot of us, we, we really do. We crave purpose. We want meaningful lives. You know, you see those videos on YouTube and young people share these a lot of people doing a nice thing for someone and they get very emotional about it. Like, I think we crave purpose. But then when it comes to a neighborhood like this or when it comes to actually serving people in meaningful ways, well, that's uncomfortable. Right. So I think we crave purpose, but we miss out because we drift towards comfort. And Paul, this is exactly what you guys are doing in this neighborhood, mm-hmm. in Mount Pleasant. But we, we all have opportunities to do this in our local neighborhood. I mean, re, what, what's that list? People who were hungry? Sick, in prison, need, need clothes, resources. I mean, it actually sounds like some social service things, uh-oh, that we hear people talk about. You know, should we get involved in these social don't, services? Because I think the people that, you know, we hang out with all the time, I, I mean, we, we're pretty sure we got people. Right. Don't we got people? People that could do this for us? Yeah, I mean, we got we got missionaries. Aren't they, aren't they paid? We paid. I mean, what you, they, you're what getting rich, right, on this? Yeah, ball? but the reality is is that, you know, we say there are people who are doing it, but the reality is that your neighbor lives right beside you, and we don't do that. You know, the reality is is that if you go back to what Jesus says, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. What Jordy just read are practical ways on just loving your neighbor. Yeah. But you actually have to see them. Like, we tend to look at that and go oh too bad for them but no like what is that causing in their heart is that sickness really causing them to run to jesus or do they not know jesus enough to run to him and that's where what we're doing in this neighborhood is reality is is that it could be a social service but there's much more to that what what do you mean by yeah, and you said this the other day when we were you know talking about this we need to see these people what i mean so i Again, you know, I, I've lived in Cleveland my whole life, mm-hmm. and and I just know that I've never come down to this area of town. We're on Kingsman Except, Avenue, yeah, right? Yeah, we're on Kingsman Avenue. Kingsman. What, Kingsman? Yeah. It's And it's south of the clinic, so that's it's not in the developed area. It's just out of that little circle of, you know, money. And then it's 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 not in the suburbs, and so it's it's in this little island, right, all of itself. Mm-hmm. itself. So, so, I mean, how do I see people when I'm like... I'm, I'm going to be straight up. I'm nervous, man. I get afraid to come down here. Mm. I mean, I've always been told since I was a child, you just just don't go down there. Just stay out of those neighborhoods. Yeah. Well, that's the reality is, is that uh, media, and we've let other people tell us what those people are like, right? So we look at the news station and go, oh, man, there was three shootings in Mount Pleasant today. I can't go down there. Right. And the reality is, is that that was three shootings, Correct. But what about all the other people that are there? Right. And we take somebody else's word for it. And most of the word that we're hearing from our media and news and radio is that of fear, right? We, 
those people down there, all those people down there, they should be feared. What, what's what's the, the core value to envision? Every person matters. And so you're saying even the people in Mount Pleasant or even the people in X City, right? Mm-hmm. Like th- this afternoon, I'm going out to Orville, Ohio, in the country, and there's... there's Don't they make popcorn? Orville, Reckenbacher. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Smuckers is at, right? <laughs> it's I don't know about Orville Red, Redenbacher, but it is close to the Smuckers playing, yeah. yeah. But, I, I mean, every person matters everywhere? Everywhere. And how yeah. do you, like, why did you come into the city to live this out? I think for me, you know, one of the things that I, I've heard ever since I came into this, to the city is that Cleveland was the mistake on the lake. And we, I mean, I've even heard it at Alliance National Conferences. Are you serious? From people from a state that maybe sounds like Nebraska. Right. And they, they think they're being funny. <laughs> and they thought that it was... They, thought, they, think, yeah. it's, they think it's funny. And it's, it's you're like, wait a minute, you're talking about real people that I know. Right. And the reality is, is that when you label somebody, your people begin to believe that. Yeah. And I walked into a city where I saw people live day in and day out that they were a mistake on the lake. Mm-hmm. Oh, I might as well be a drug dealer because my dad was a drug dealer and my grandpa's a drug dealer. Hmm. I didn't have a mom because she was all strung out and being a prostitute. So I guess I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. But am I being stupid? I mean, and again, I, am I being stupid for for putting myself in a position that I I don't even know if I'm being received or rejected? I mean, it's just it's so foreign to me. I mean, how does a guy like me that's you know comfortable make that? swing to saying it's okay to go down there i mean it's it's and the reality is is i i just showed up Uh, somebody i always ask people when i started the site in the city of cleveland i said can you name five people that i should meet that could help us accomplish what we're trying to accomplish here in the city and anita gardner's name came up as that person Mm. and so and who's anita anita gardner runs concerned citizens center here in mount pleasant uh she's 70 year old african-american woman and so and I come in with my ideas of community development, right? I came in like, hey, Anita, I got all these plans. And she looked at me and she goes, stop right now. She said this to you. Yeah, she said, you stop. You know, you are the white guy coming in and telling us how to make our neighborhood better. You don't even know our neighborhood yet. Hmm. But I could have turned around and walked away because I got rejected right then, Chris. Right, right. Okay, I'm out. She doesn't really want my help. But I said, no, I'm going to stay here. And for the next three years, began to learn and hear from Anita, from Anita's friends, from neighbors around here, and begin to understand, oh, there's different ways to do things, but accomplish the same results. And to this day, we're now six and a half years here. We're sitting in a greenhouse, which was my idea. And she began to help me understand, and she goes, that's a great idea. At first, she was like, no, we're not doing that yet. But I got, I was present, and there's been moments after si- over six years. I got rejected last week by somebody that's going running for councilman. He's like, no, you shouldn't do that. And I had to listen and go, okay, let me think through that. doesn't mean I stopped trying on some of those right. things, but the reality is, is it's getting in the room, realizing, you know what, it's really not about me. If Jesus is going to accomplish and advance his kingdom here and he wants to use me, I may have to sit down and shut up for a while. And just be able to listen and be rejected when I give an idea. Well, so other than this greenhouse that we're roasting in right now, <laughs> <laughs> what else are you, are you doing? You're just, I mean, so we're, I mean, what kind of greenhouse is it like for like radishes and stuff like that? Yeah. So this neighborhood, uh, 
two years ago we began the greenhouse we do all kinds of plants and we sell them at a low cost that the neighborhood can afford so providing okay. food in a food desert which there's not very much fresh food that's available in these areas mm-hmm. so two years ago our first year we ever had the greenhouse we sold 40 watermelons to this date we know of nobody else has grown watermelons in mount pleasant hmm. but it's something different it's something new and the guy that runs this uh his name is Paul Ewing. He's a guy from the neighborhood, and he helps me grow everything here. And what's across the street? And across the street, we are doing a vocational center that will be teaching vocational training through trades, through culinary skills, mechanic skills, but being a place where people come and learn. But through all of that, the gospel is being threaded through that, everything that we do. And how long do you see uh, that that happening? So so we're, we're talking to guys that are electricians, plumbers. We've got a couple of pastors. But, you or know. guys like me who love to do gardening, and I grow all my own plants by seed, which I can help you, yep. right, and yep. grow stuff for you. Yep. So we're talking to those kind of people. I mean, it's, it's, I mean are those the people that yeah. can make a difference? And, and, and will they be received if they come down here and say, okay, I'm going to teach electrical or, or something like yeah. that? Well, the cool thing is, is that because we've been here for six years now, we've earned all the credit. So people that are with me and with my staff are well-loved and well-received here. Mm. You, don't, you don't even have to get pat. You don't have to do all the hard work of just getting into the neighborhood. We're already here. And people know us, and they know our partnership with Anita Gardner and Concerned Citizens. So we have people here every third, uh, every third Saturday of the month doing a work day. We had 25 people. A handful of people from Grace have been here uh, that have helped with electrical work or even just pulling nails and it can be as simple as that just doing a mediocre task it's needed here because we're renovating this building so envisioncleveland.org if somebody is feeling right now like i could do that yep you know once a month the third saturday of every month they what what even if i don't care what church you go to if you're regionally somewhere close to cleveland they could get involved and they could sign up to be a part of that and so envisioncleveland.org they can do that yep Chris, why why doesn't the church rise up? Why 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 don't we do more of this? Why don't we say yes to more things like this or even just in our local 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 community? Why why don't we especially as guys, why don't we do this? Well, I I think first thing is we're afraid to walk in the door. I think we're afraid we're going to be rejected. I think uh uh just I mean the the list is long. I'm just thinking five things at one time. Um, but I, I think for for people like uh, the people at Grace Church, it's difficult because they're they're thinking there's someone paid down there, there's someone there's missionaries down there, there's we send money down there, it's all being taken care of. We got the youth group gonna sow mulch or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that. I mean, isn't that for other people? So and they don't I, need I, me. I don't think they need me. And I think that that's the scary part where, where we think, you know, older older Americans that are a little bit more comfortable, we can throw some money at it. I mean, that's what we yeah, do. Yeah, don't I tithe? What's yeah. that? Don't I tithe? Yeah, don't I tithe? Or, or okay, okay, I'll give eleven percent, and you know, I'll give one percent to, to poor people. Wherever. How about, how about millennials, Jordy? Do do they feel the same way as millennial men? Do they feel the same way as what Chris just said? Yeah, I'll, I'll try to. I think that millennials are actually very into these different causes, Mm -hmm. you know? I think where our generation struggles is what's actually meaningful help. You know, I think we're very good at the the social platforms, like awareness, sharing stuff, things like that. 
Um, I don't think you find a lot of like giving of resources from our generation as much, but I, th I think you, you, you get a lot of lip service for sure. But I think we struggle. How do you show up? Are we actually in the room either? Do you think that the, the Utes are, it's more peer pressure to get them down here where they're like, Hey, uh, we're going down there as a group. And so peer pressure is probably more than a spiritual pressure. Youth are pretty, there's, every time we do any kind of serving in the city, there's kind of students who are just on fire for the Lord and have a heart for that and show up. And they trust you guys that you're going to take them somewhere where they're going to, it'll be good for them. Yeah. And so we've, we typically don't have trouble getting students involved in that. I, I will say like, you know, for your average kid who's maybe just getting into Jesus or church, if you have a trampoline night and then a service project next week, I mean, you can guess which one's more popular, right. but a lot of that's parents too. With their, I find that overall though, teenagers are very idealistic and if you can sell them on a vision of we're gonna serve and help these people, they're pretty willing to give their time. Chris, I, I know that you have this thing that you do down in Florida. <clears throat> I know you don't want me to do this, but I'm gonna make you talk about this because I think it's, it's actually what we're talking about today, getting in the room with people you are new to Florida. You're new to this church called Tamp. What is it? Bay Bay, Bay Prez. My Bay City. Bay City. I Bay. always say Bay, Bay Prez. That's Tim Keller. Well, Bay City Rollers. No. Bay City Rollers. Isn't, Isn't that a roller derby? No, that's a. Well, that was a roller derby. <laughs> Wasn't that was a band? Wasn't that a base? Bay City. What church do you go to down anyway, there? What's it to, called? <laughs> I go to a church called Bayside. Bayside. Um, but so anyway, what do you do down there? You're new so down there. I don't know anybody. I'm, I'm like, when Paul came here, I'm like, I don't know anybody. And so I figured, well, where do I start? And I, I, I decided I'm going to start where the needs are the most. And there are a couple places. Uh, one is a place they have the Dream Center. And so... I, but I don't like kids, so I did my I did my. I did my um, That's not politically correct. Yes, is, I don't. Is that, <laughs> I like my granddaughter, but you know, my grandson. But uh, anyway, so they needed someone to open the door to be security. So I, I for three hours on Saturday, I opened the door, and I'm thinking this has got to be my, the biggest waste of my time. First of all, I'm doing nothing but sitting around watching you know TV all day long, so it's not a waste of my time. <laughs> it's actually using my time wisely, and so I I'm the security guard at. Uh, after school daycare program you're the bouncer and i love it i mean i love it and then uh i don't know anybody down there either so as i meet people my wife uh made up a card uh that has uh let's do coffee together and it has my name my uh, cell phone number and my email and i have met more people and more things just by saying hey let's have some coffee yeah you know you're just talking well here's my card Give them, a, give them a free cup of coffee. Yeah. So w what about that lady that you helped through something like this? So I was, I was at the, uh, out at the pool, and I had heard this lady's husband died just a couple months ago. And we had met them, and I didn't know anything about it. So I heard about it at church. And I, I went out there with my card, and I said, I, I, I don't know if you need anything, but here's my card. Here's my phone number. If you need anything, anything whatsoever, give me a call. Well, within like six hours, she called me, and I'm like, well, "What was that all about? I didn't mean it, <laughs> but I did." And so she asked me if I could uh, do some family members uh, uh, a favor, and so which I did, and I was helping her friends and her family members rather than her, but it was really important to her, and so we have to be willing for someone to say, "Okay, yes, come down," or show up. 
So and, in a way, you invited yourself into the room with her yeah. and just said, hey, uh, well, how can I help you? Well, if you're not in the room or if they don't have your phone number, how can I help anybody? Yeah. Mm. If I'd never offered myself and give them a, a, a vehicle, but I'm like, no, I'm going to sit at home. They know my number. Scott Lessing knows my number, and he'll call me if he needs me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, Paul, uh, what, the Learning Center down here, what are you guys creating on the east side of Cleveland uh, in the Mount Pleasant area. I mean, we're in Kins- Kinsman, Kinsman Avenue, Mount Pleasant. What's happening at the Learning Center, and what do you need to do? Yeah, so the biggest thing is, is we just want to create an environment that is welcoming and that people can come and learn. Um, but also, you know, as I say, a place to belong that's a safe place to belong, to be able to be in your own neighborhood, to be able to, you know, experience uh, people that care about people more than just what they can do for me. Um, and so with that, you know, the things that we need is people to show up. You know, I, I just feel like that a lot of times, unfortunately, in our Christian world today is that we're really good at Christian activism. Like we'll we'll shout it from a Facebook post or we'll... What does that mean, Christian activism? Just this idea of that we're going we're gonna to act, you know, be activists for good things. Now I'm saying that those are not bad things, but we'll leave it there. Like we'll go, we'll go march for something, or we'll go um, put a post online or something like that. But then we won't ever show up again uh, to a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And we need people there saying, you know what? I'm going to come. And I'm going to be consistent. What I've learned in this neighborhood, especially, if I would have came once and then left, uh, it would have had no impact. None. Yeah. But the fact that I'm consistent, I'm here one, at least once a week, and a lot of that's just conversation. I sit and have three-hour conversations right. with Anita. I met the new councilman that's running, and he's asking us to promote and be a part of him. And I've known him for three years, so I can actively uh, push him to the front uh, just in my little bit of influence that I have here, but I'm consistent, and people are looking for consistency. Now, do people ask you, okay, about your spiritual life? I mean, so we got guys. We've got people that are like well i'm not a really good christian i might not be a good example so are you always witnessing to them do you call for the question every time you see them (laughs) no so one of the things is that you know we really believe that being present and being available to be used by the holy spirit doesn't mean that we need to stand on the the street corner and tell them how bad they are and that they're all going to hell most of the people neighborhood already know that Uh, so by being present working alongside it's amazing what kind of conversations come up hmm. when you're swinging a hammer. Even by somebody that's volunteering, we've had people sit here and just like pour out their lives. And they're they're here to serve the neighborhood. And they realize, wow, there's some things I can still work on. Didn't that happen to you one time, Scott? And you were down here doing a cleanup and, and you ended up having a conversation with some people? Yeah, it was awesome. We were down here with youth, with the youth for Renew the City. There were like 600 people down here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just a small part of that our youth group was and uh we were able to have this amazing conversation with this person who just walked by and they literally (laughs) it was great because i was with some youth and this person just naturally just who they are they just they swore but they were like you know what are you guys doing down here why are you guys we were in this abandoned parking lot and we spent the entire day in this one little parking lot just cleaning the entire place up cutting bushes down cutting trees out cleaning up all the broken glass getting rid of all the wood i mean it was it was a lot of work for this small little area and we got to share with them just hey we're here just to help you know make your neighborhood feel valued and this person said are you serious 
and I was like, yeah, it was, it, and it it was it was so cool for the youth to see that and hear that, and ha- hear that. I mean, this person thanked us, and he went around and he literally went through the whole parking lot and thanked everybody. It was just, it was an amazing, awesome. yeah. And and you say, okay, if that helps Paul have more influence, right? Hmm. The crazy thing is that that one day helped me and my family in many ways, but it helped me say, I want to, I want to be a bigger part of helping Paul, helping Mount Pleasant. I don't live, I'll never live down here, but what are some other ways I can do that? So, so, it, it so did. you were really supporting Paul and his ministry because he's got the, he's got the influence. Well, but I was supporting Jordy because Jordy wanted the kids to come down. So I came down as a parent, not even, I'll be honest with you. I, I came because I wanted my kids to get involved. Right. I did not come to help Paul. I didn't come even to help Jordy. I came because my, my kids were like, hey, can we do this and we should do it as a family. You did it the right thing. You did, we were doing right, the right thing. Right, but once I got down here, I was like, yeah. oh, you know, it's, it's bigger than that. Right. And but what I'm saying is as we as, we as a group support Paul doing his job, he's going to have more influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think this kind of stuff is can be so much more meaningful even though it seems small or maybe you know helping tweet something online feels powerful one thing that's interesting is nine days ago today's april 26 nine days ago april 17th um tamika palmer that is brianna taylor's mom wrote a post on facebook and obviously um if, if you're having trouble recalling there was she was in she basically her daughter was a victim of a police shooting she's in the wrong place at the wrong time in a drug house and it's very controversial whether the police should be convicted or you know she was in a dangerous area because she was hanging out with these people and that's all very controversial but regardless we are not happy that a human life is lost right Right. and so kind of like how helena troy you know they they say that her face was the face that launched a thousand ships this was this event was a catalyst for a lot of protest a lot of things that happened not even just in america but around the world mostly in cities and a a lot of it is associated with blm black lives matter is you know organizing a lot of these events and this is you, you know you can have your opinion on it but this is her personal feeling she wrote this post she said i think it's crazy when people say they've been here since day one let me be clear and what I'm about to read are names that you're not going to recognize. Christopher 2X, no clue. The Montgomery family, Argy, Sherry, Tijan, Craig. Those are the only day ones. Not to mention Brianna's friends and family, but they've never needed recognition. And then she says immediately following them, she mentions an organization called Until Freedom. And then she says, I've never personally dealt with BLM Louisville. And personally have found them to be fraud. Attica Stott, another fraud. And she said there's, and then she goes on to list and she goes on to explain she's never talked to anyone from Black Lives Matter, yet they've collected millions of dollars for the cause in her name. And it's never, none of it's been offered to her, none of it's went to her city, anything like that. And she's super upset about it. But what I think is so fascinating is there's really this push. You know, she put her voice out there to say, no no one is a day one. No one should be like prideful or pat themselves on the back about this cause. I don't even know these people. And she said in her post, if half these people, if I walked by them in a in a protest, no one would recognize me. But the people in my local community who listen, who have been there, those are the, those are the people I want to give recognition to. 
And I think there's something to be said for that's what people really want is for you to be in the room with them. I think a lot of people have solutions from the outside. In some cases, I think people get to sit on boards and make decisions, but is anyone from the community in that room? Mm. And what they really need is people who are there, people like Paul who say, yeah, like I, I understand I've walked with, I've done life with these people and I'm there for them. So let me clarify this from, and a, I don't need recognition Yeah, from an old, old guy's point <laughs> uh, is that, so what you're saying is that there's, after all the hoopla goes on, who's ministering to the people? You know, it's kind of like after a funeral, they say, really, you want to talk to someone like a month or two later because all of a sudden the cards stop coming and, the, and that's really when they're hurting the most. And, and so no one's really ministering to her other than a small group of people. Who are already there. Who are already there, her, her community. Mm-hmm. And that's what Paul's saying. I want to be part of this community because all the stuff, all the, the world's going to keep on going. It's always going to be, you know, crises and, and everything else like that. But who's going to find out that someone's without food? And Right. And, that's, and the crazy thing is that we do that here in Mount Pleasant. And I think that's, this is where the Lord has put us and given us a vision and a heart for these neighborhoods like Mount Pleasant, like Elton Avenue on the west side, Clark Fulton area. But the reality is, is if we all around this, even around this table said, you know what, my neighborhood, I'm going to be present. I'm going to be the person that's going to ask the questions, how are you doing? And not do it in a way of like, hey, how's it going, John? And you walk away quickly. Because you don't really want to know how he's doing, because that means it's going to take you to actually act upon what you've asked him. They may call you after you give them a card. Right. So give my (laughs) friends a ride to the airport. So this is the tension, though. Paul, we would say that you're a missionary, Mm. right? And I'm not a missionary. And the question is, why isn't everyone a missionary at the core? Go and make disciples is missionary. That's DNA, right? That's a missionary DNA. And so, Paul, you know what? You've chosen to do this. And I know it's hard work and it's taken six years that you've been down here. And the last three years, you've started to see, you've started to see some fruit awesome i'll you know come down you know twice a year and you know it'll make me feel great because i get to help you um but you're doing the day in and day but you chose that man like so don't complain don't write that that's sometimes how we can feel in as as people we're not going to say that out loud because oh, that that's not the rules that that's bad yeah right it goes against what matthew 25 is right what jordy read earlier but you know this this tension is in our really in our souls about missionaries like you right and i and i think we use that word loosely i mean there's always been arguments of well you're in the u.s so you're really not a missionary right personally i don't care like i'm present i live in cleveland i love my neighbor that's what we've been asked to do and the reality is is that sometimes we will elevate those that are going to these hard places but again they chose that and i would say that god is still sufficient and enough for those people even that are going through the hard things but i would also ask the question is like if i even in cleveland if i leave my own neighborhood where i live i don't live in mount pleasant i live a little bit further away from mount pleasant but if i stop loving my neighbors right beside me why why would i go to mount pleasant just to do that so Mm. the same question could be asked of even those that are listening we want you to be here there's a great need and we would welcome any of that 
But if you're going to do that in spite of loving your neighbor right beside you, then you're right. You Like you've missed the opportunity that's been given to you right now. So therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, right? And that doesn't mean we exclude the person right beside us or the neighbor right beside of us. I think you brought up something the other day. Um, you, you explained something why uh, a lot of African Americans aren't international minis- um, uh, missionaries, which is, is something that I've... It, it, was, it was a thought that had never occurred to me. And, and we, we walked away from that going, oh, okay, wow. And you, you had shared that because of their, uh, the, and I wouldn't say poverty, we're not in poverty, but we're basically the working poor. I mean, most of these people work, and most of them, you know, it's the working poor. I mean, that's what this, would, would you not say that that's true? Yep. And so uh, for them to go be a missionary to get, to get funding and to get uh, support, they're not going to get it. Their people, are, all their friends and family are just barely making it too. Is that something that, yeah, I would, I would push. I would push back a little bit in the fact that Cleveland would be considering some of the neighborhoods we work in are under-resourced neighborhoods that are populated by black folk, and there's also people with refugees, uh, white people, Hispanics that are under-resourced that are coming to know Jesus and have this pull and desire to go serve in an organization like the Christian Missionary Alliance, but because the lack of access or somebody to help along them in the process they realize i'm never going to make it because the standards to be a missionary and especially in the christian missionary alliance are good standards you need to have education right. you have no debt and those kind of things but to somebody that's in an under-resourced neighborhood despite what where they're from and what color their skin is it's a it's a harder battle to get there and it's because we haven't given access mm-hmm. and so some of my friends in in the collinwood neighborhood that we invite to be part of our staff they were saying we never thought we could be a part of a christian missionary alliance of missions by the way we really only heard about the great commission fund just a few years before you asked us we didn't even know that was really what we're supposed to do and it's not because uh that they were being uh, rebellious and saying we don't want to be part of that it's like really just didn't know and so as i stood up and invited this couple to come and serve with envision cleveland i had a handful of couples that came after me and like hey we want to be next Hmm. where can we go right and it's really hard because I don't know if they're going to be able to get to where God may be leading them and so because of the access. We've got to move people, our people, uh, to to being in the room, to saying, okay, wait a minute, there's there's a there's information that I've never been exposed. What did I say? You don't know what you don't know. You know, yeah. I hate that statement, but it's <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. And and so I have a friend that uh, they've they've got involved with the. Um, Building hope in the city. Building hope in the city, and they 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 didn't know what they're doing. They went down there and they ended up at, down at the Hope Center. Down at the Hope Center, mm-hmm. which you guys work in. We can yeah, we connect with those guys. With yeah. the, connect with them, and so they they went down there and they became uh, sponsors of family, which they just helped them get indoctrinated here into the country. How to use a stove. How did not just have one pot on the stove that there was actually an oven there, and so she would do that, and they ended up finding out that their house was like it was really, really a poor, bad house, and so they were helping them work on it, and they would go down every week, and it, it was just it was so overwhelming, and they've lived here their whole life too, and they ended up going, you know what, this is wrong. Uh, they found a house a few years ago. You could pretty much buy a house still in Cleveland for relatively inexpensive they it was moving ready 
They helped the people get into the house. They rented the house to the people. And then just a couple of years ago, just last year, the people all were able to get a job. They're all kind of in school. And this has been going on five, six years that the family said, we, we want to buy our house. And so they said, okay, we'll make a way for you to, to pay, pay us back for the house. And within a, a, a year, they've already paid half the house down. I mean, we're talking about some really, really amazing people that just are, are moving out of a horrible situation. And they just need someone to help them out, right? Well, and, this, and the reality is it's not, it's, it's not one of these things that they're not looking for a handout. No. They're looking for an arm around your shoulder. Right. Yes. It's a, hey, how can I use my resources? How can I use my know-how to help you succeed? And along the way, they're not going to have to figure out where's Jesus in all this. Because no, Jesus is oozing out of it. Because right. mm-hmm. what Jordy said in the very beginning in the passage, he was saying, you love those that were sick. You clothe those that were naked. You're doing that by putting your arm around people. Yeah in neighborhoods like Cleveland that, that has that. And this changed their life. Hmm. Your friends. It changed yeah. your it's, friends' It's life. changed their life. It's just amazing. And I, I'm like, you guys are doing exactly what God's called you to do. And you're doing it, and, and, you're, having, and you're, you're enjoying it. You're having fun doing it. I, I, uh, we don't have much time left, but I, I wanted to mention yes, your, exper- your statement, Paul, of people don't want a handout. They want an arm around them. If, it, if we're being real, that's not what... I was trained to believe about social issues and people in need. I was trained that they want a handout, and if we give it to them, they'll become dependent on it. And, and, and I mean, that's true. So I've, don't do it. Yeah, I've, I've heard that, you know, educationally. I, I've, you know, seen videos on TV. I, and, and, but your experience, you're actually here, you know, and you're saying, no, there's, maybe that's true of someone, but there's some kind of person in every situation, you know. But you're saying, no, people... People actually want, they want a path to do this themselves. Right. And, and the thing is, is that some of these neighborhoods, there are going to be people that have, have become dependent. Yeah. But the reality is, just, just recently, working with Anita and a, a, the other lady that works here in the center, getting the center uh, cleaned every week uh, because of COVID regulations and stuff like that, so we can invite more people in the building. And we have some very affluent ladies that uh, don't, uh, are uh, supporters, but also volunteer here. And it was $40 to get the building cleaned okay well the ladies from from shaker heights are like oh we'll pay for it no we'll take care of it and i remember thelma uh, anita's friend that works with us here she goes no i got it you know the ladies are like, no 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 we, we, we'll just get our 20 bucks out we'll take care of it and thelma says no hmm. we will pay for our cleaning service this is our center hmm. and part of it's like man what's the big deal the reality is you're destroying her dignity right she can take care of it. Yeah. But I've also been with Thelma putting my arm around her, and it may be helping her another way. Mm. There may be times where they may need the 40 bucks, but also most time people are just like, we are on the same journey just trying to get through this, this world, uh, and I may need some help, I may not. But if you always hand it out, it's, that's the easy thing to do. Yeah. The putting your arm around, that means you've got to smell them. You've got to see all their junk behind their facade they put on. And you got to be here for the long haul. You got to listen. You got to listen. Like, and they're hey. gonna smell your armpit when you right. lift your arm up. Yeah, for sure. Especially after being in this <laughs> green sweatbox. <laughs> yeah. So, Paul, box. what what are the needs for Envision right now? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is I I shared as we were you know planning for some of this is the reality is getting in the room 
will prompt what you need to do next. There you go. Hmm. Like, we have a vocational center that we're trying to raise $200,000 with right now. And I could tell you that. Like, everybody send all your money. But the reality is, come and show up for a work day. You may see something. Oh, man, I want to put lights in this building. Yeah. Well, you're not going to know that unless you show up. And then you're going to say, why do they need a vocational center? Why am I going to give $10,000 for a vocational center? Come and meet some of my friends in the neighborhood and go, I want that person to have a chance. Hmm. So I, I think showing up and being consistent. I mean, it's do the small thing. Come for one day, the third Saturday uh, of the month, and just experience Mount Pleasant for yourself. And then allow God to do the teaching and what he wants you to do next. Um, I'm not going to turn away money, but <laughs> the reality is is that being present, um, I remember the thing that Nita said to me, there was 257 churches in Mount Pleasant, and I don't trust any of them. And she says, but in vision, there's something different about you guys. Hmm. And so one of the things that I've looked at as being a charge for envision is to restore the view of the church. Hmm. So when your people in your churches show up, you're not just saying you're doing a good thing, but you're restoring what a neighborhood has thought they could trust the church. Now we can rebuild what they think of the church and the body of Christ. Hmm. So presence is everything. Yeah, you can throw a lot of money because there's people that throw money to Mount Pleasant all over and the place. thank you for that. Yeah, and it's been a good thing. But being present and allowing the Lord then to show you what you need to do next. And Pastor Scott, i got a question for you. What, yeah. I mean, what's a challenge for our men? What's a challenge for our, our youths? What's a challenge for maybe the women, that, you know, that, that one woman that listens? Well, so it's funny. I was talking to my friend Jason Carter on the way down. He was on our last podcast. And he asked what I was doing today, and I told him what we were doing. And I said, you know, I've been praying for a while, like, what – what would God want me to do down here in, in Mount Pleasant? And um, there's been a part of me that has felt guilty over the years, and I don't want guilt to lead me, right? No. And so as soon as we walked in, we were talking, Paul and I were talking, and he immediately talked about his seeds that he's starting from scratch over there in the corner, and and that, that was my answer. That was my answer. I, I, I said, well, I can do that. I grow seeds in my basement for mine for my own garden and I give it to all my friends as they get, you know, as they grow and I can start seeds in my basement tomorrow. Right. And so I asked Paul, Hey, would that be something I can do? He's like, absolutely. We, we need that. We need more than what's over there. And so it's little, th- but I had to be down here. I've known Paul for probably five or six years. Well, and I had to be, I helped. I was here the day that they built this. I pulled the vellum over like, Oh, that made me feel great that day. But to be down here and see, Three years later, what? The, oh, oh! You guys grow your own seeds. You guys need that. I can do that. I mean, all these beds in here. There's probably 20 beds in here. They all need dirt. Hmm. You guys need a lot more dirt in here. Well, we can we can get bags of dirt. We can talk to a greenhouse and have them supply it, and we can pay for it, and we can put in the dirt. Like, there's a lot that we can do as men, but you have to get down here to see it, to see the needs. And Paul, you had a story of those guys who saw the the, the need of the lights, right? Yep. Yeah, just, I mean, going into our building, it's it's in a renovation, and they're looking at, like, what, what kind of lights are you going to do in here? Oh, we can we can buy shop lights. A guy said, hey, what are you going to frame this place with? He was so moved, he goes, he brought 250 two-by-sixes and showed up one day and started building walls with us. And so we have all these things that are that you can come and see. and be If you're interested in coming and seeing May 7th, we're doing an open house, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., 
Uh, we're doing a barbecue. You get great smoked meat. Oh, man. I'm and flying in. Now Chris is in. <laughs> I'm <And> flying in. <laughs> and a chance to see what we do here and meet some of the people that are in the neighborhood. You That's know, awesome. the, the thing that I want to challenge the men is that there's that verse. There's you, Jesus, uh, Jesus left, uh, the shepherd left the 99 to go look for the one. And, and sometimes we as a group out in, out in the suburbs need to leave the 99 and come down and look for the one. Yeah. It's just yeah. one person at a time. Jesus left the comfort of heaven. Yeah. yeah. Jordy, wrap us up, man. How does this all apply to Matthew 25? The, you know, what you talked about earlier and, and even talking about Chris's friends who they, they bought this house and they, they helped this family. What's the mandate for us? I'll say this, you know, I think just to sum it all up, let's live as though we have a God who left heaven, came down, got messy with us, got to know us. Um, Hebrews 2 says that he became our perfect savior, not that he was imperfect, but he became a perfect savior by having the human experience. And so would we learn a little bit about the experience of people who maybe haven't been given in the opportuni- same opportunities or haven't been given the same access to the gospel? And I'll quote with this, Bob Goff says something in his book, Everybody Always, that whenever someone is hard to love or you know he might be tempted to look down on their situation or maybe he just says, this person bothers me or it's messy or it's gonna make me uncomfortable to love them, he says, I call them Jesus in my head mm. and, and it all goes back to Matthew 25 and so I think if we start to do that we'll really start to understand thanks man and Paul thank you so much for thank just you. living thank your you life the way you do, do. thank yeah. you for your missionary heart thank you for loving people the way Jesus does and thanks for letting us come down here and be oh. a part of your life down here and all the sounds and the smells and the feels of the greenhouse it is really hot in here but you know everything else we we really appreciate that and just encouraging us to to go and love others well um as they're building something next door to us right now yeah, yeah. they're unloading the truck and god bless your <laughs> wife too thank her for us Lori, yeah um that you know and your kids and that, you know Hudson. that put up with you on all these years envisioncleveland.org yeah. um is a great man you guys are doing some amazing work but more than anything you are encouraging others to get in the game, to get in the room, and to love God and love others well. So, Paul, Amen. thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for Chris, having me. Chris, will you just pray over sure, Paul and, sure. and Mount Pleasant? I think we, we don't do this very often on the podcast, but I think it would be a great time for that. Lord Jesus, we, 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 we ask your power. Holy Spirit, we ask your wisdom and your 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 control of the whole situation to, to take over mm. and take over this the center, this greenhouse, take over Paul. Yes. Father, take over Paul as he as he represents you and that he he can say a word or two of love and kindness and generosity, but they would know him by his love. Lord Jesus, that they would know him by his love, that they would know Lori by their love, and and we would represent you well. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Guys, until next month, may you become a better version of yourself tomorrow. See you next month, guys. See you next month. Bye.